gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe. Here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. I am Supergirl. I am the Flash. My name is Oliver Queen. I had to become the Green Arrow. Dedicated to truth, justice, and peace for all mankind. Hey everybody, welcome to the DCTV Podcast, episode 88. And uh, we're back. Miles an hour. We're I'm back. Get it straight. We're back. 88. 88. That's right. We're back in 88. Um, that is straight. We're back from our hiatus, our season hiatus, our hiatus hernia, or whatever the hell it's called. Um, the season, hiatus the season, hernia? The Did holiday break. That, the that holiday sounds painful. Yeah, it is. The holiday yeah. break. We're back. And uh, we only have two episodes to talk about this week. Uh, Gotham came back and Lucifer came back, both the Fox shows. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have other things to discuss. Uh, what? We do. There's a lot of news. A lot of stuff has happened in the interim since we've been gone. And I posted on our Facebook group a while ago our uh, nom our, our categories I guess you'd say for like the DC TV awards. We, I think we did this last year too. We just kind of threw up some categories, the best and worst of uh, last year on DC TV, mm-hmm. and uh, asked you, the listeners, to chip in, and some of you guys did, and that was awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Tell us what yours were. Um, I think. Oh, by the way, allow me to introduce to you um, the man who sold. Oswald Cobblepot, that really cool fez that he wears to bed every night. <laughs> Mr. Daryl Taylor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Silhouettes. Who really sleeps in a fez? I don't know, but he does. <laughs> That's why he's so wound up all the time. Killing people left and right. <laughs> and the man who uh, made a fortune selling those maniacs messenger bags that that uh, creepy guy from the morgue carried around with him and got them. <laughs> Mr. Richard Chub Toad Sheldon. Yep, that's me. Hey, <laughs> I'm just thinking when I saw that, I'm like, who the hell would market that? I'd be like walking around with like a bag of Ted Bundy on it. You know? Like, hey, everybody, you know? <laughs> hey, check out my Jeffrey Dahmer jacket, you yeah. know? <laughs> right. Why are people looking at me funny? I well, don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand. How, how is he able to follow me with this giant emblem on my messenger pack? Yeah, every time I ask oh, a woman out, she always tasers me first. I don't, I don't get I don't, it. I don't get it. <laughs> That is the problem. I don't understand. I'm getting restraining orders from people I don't even know. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, they won't even let me move in. They keep telling me i got to move out of the neighborhood. I don't understand. <laughs> I haven't done anything. But um, I put up some uh, some categories, and I thought we'd just you know go around, around the table between the three of us tonight since Miss mm-hmm. Jerry is off doing Simba Yoga or something similar. She is doing her yoga thing. She's teaching yoga to Mark Zuckerberg, so he'll give her back That's her right. Facebook account. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Jerry, we love you. But anyway, here the first category, obviously, I mean, was um, best DC TV show. This one's easy. Hours, I mean, yeah. Hours. Yeah. Well, no, no, I don't mean podcast. I mean television show that we talk. Oh, about. you mean television yeah. show? I know oh, we have the best okay. podcast. That's that's Who's not even a question. First? Go ahead, Rich. I, all right. It's hands down easy. I think this was my pick last year, too, is The Flash. Okay. The Flash and why? 
Why? Well, I prove it. One, yeah, prove I, it. Two hundred words or less, buddy. Make it happen. <laughs> well, it, con- Come it on. Continu- <laughs> continues to um, pack in really good effects. I mean, what they're able to do on their budget is amazing. Um, I think it had good writing. I had some issues with the overall arc so far this season, but that comes later in categories. But still, Grant Gustafson's he's still awesome. Uh, there was, I love like all the killer frost stuff that's been happening. Uh, Cisco, you know, the stuff like after Barry effed up the timeline and, uh, spoiler alert, his brother ended up dead and everything else. I mean, all of that, just all the emotion that came into it, just all, it was good writing, damn good writing outside of the, oh man, we keep screwing up the timeline, but I still, out of all the shows, it, it it was tough. It was either Flash or Supergirl, and I came out with Flash. I don't believe you. Mr. Taylor, what was your favorite? I went a little back and forth on it. I would I would say it would. Ha- I guess Flash. Flash won over. I would say Supergirl did get better, and I did like it. But I had to, overall, I had to go with Flash. It's, it's still a little stronger written show right now. Um, because I, the characters are a little, little bit more well-rounded, more consistent. I, I think you know, especially Grant Gustin and that little group uh, with with uh, Cisco and um, and Caitlin. Even though Caitlin's been kind of pushed to the background a little bit, uh, but I, I think overall, still uh, the strength of his, you know, the way his character's written. I think he's. Uh, he he very much improves his show and keeps it consistent on the point of the hero since he's the main, you know, he's in most of the scenes. Um, I think, you know, even Iris has been written better this season. She's improved and that's improved the show. And the addition of her brother, I think once he got past the pouting stage, uh, he's, he's getting better as a character as well. Um, and, uh, I would also say, of course, uh, the the father. Um, why can't I say his name now? Joe West. Uh, Joe West. Jesse Martin. I mean, yeah, Jesse Martin. He is like the. He is just the the cornerstone of the show. Like he is the the pillar, the backbone. Like he, whatever scene he is in, there's never an episode I think that he hasn't uh, been in, where you look at it and you go, "Oh, why is that character?" Why they write it like that? Like he seems to just be so uh, strong, and he's like the emotional heart of the show. I think, like you say, Flash. I mean, I do think Grant Gustin is partly that, but I think Joe is really that that emotional uh, resident. Uh, he he is just he can just make any character that he deals with uh, better. I think maybe because he's he is a more seasoned actor, you know, with stage and and TV and even film. So I think he he does level up everybody that he uh, he, he works with, and that's a good thing for the show. So got to be that. Okay, my best D- DC TV show. Now I'm just taking it from this year. Okay, so that would be yeah, like the, the, that that half of the season of The Flash, and then the half the season, full season of Supergirl, and what we've seen, whatever. 
And I'm going to be the spoiler here. I'm going to go with Supergirl. And I oh, just yeah. think, I think the second season really was the tipping point for me. Um, mm-hmm. Flash came back. We had another big bad speedster villain. I agree that the secondary characters are being developed very well. But like, it just, it just, Supergirl was just something really like, just kind of happy and joyous about the, 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 the writing. It was just very upbeat and very positive, And I really appreciated that. And I thought Flash kind of got buried in some kind of angst a little bit too much this season. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little, I mean, it's a great show. I love it. Believe me, it's a really close second, but, um, having Superman on the show, the development yeah. of Hank Henshaw and the, like the tightening of have everybody work at the, at the, um, DEO and then the writing with, uh, Alex Danvers character and that whole thing. I just, I, I, I had to give the edge to Supergirl. Another day might've been, I'd like, it just depends. Today's yeah. flash tomorrow could have been. Yeah. And, and like I said, Girl. flash is a close second, you know, and yeah, it was a tough choice between the two. It really was. Most improved DC TV show. Oh, I got this one. Okay, go ahead, Daryl. It's got to be Arrow. I, I totally this agree. Show. I totally agree with Miles. It, it, it has improved <laughs> it, it's tremendously since uh, the last two or three seasons. Uh, the shows, like, breaking it up and giving them more multiple villains and adding, uh, you know... The, the other character, adding the other comic book based characters to the show has helped it as well. Um, the, the getting rid of the Felicity and, and, uh, Oliver love thing that kind of has weakened both Mm -hmm. characters in terms of just the writers not writing them very well when they're in in a relationship with each other. And Um, we all know who she belongs with. I mean, not you. We, we already talked about this, Chuck. I, co- I co-sign on everything you said, Daryl. Like, I, I mean, especially after the last season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I like Diggle. You know, like, well, I've always liked Diggle, but I mean, he's 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 back with the group. And, and when they're together, when they're when they're when that trio is together, though, when they're on the same page. It's always it's a much stronger show, and I think I think they're able to draw on the strength of the earlier seasons by having mm-hmm. that tri- that triangle right. of Felicity Diggle and Arrow being the center mm-hmm. of it, but mm-hmm. also adding more to it by bringing in, like you said, the new characters Wild Dog and right. Artemis and right. and Ragman and everything, and the way they pulled those off was great. And mm-hmm. even the flashbacks weren't that bad this season because they had Dolph. No, they didn't get in the way. <laughs> they didn't get in the right. way as much as I they could have. You know, um, right? They were less annoying. They were they're less annoying in the flashbacks, but uh, right. yeah. What show. about what about you, Chubb? Um, well, this one I actually was tied in. I have <laughs> I, it tied, and um, I agree about Arrow getting better. But when I really thought about this, because Arrow popped to mind first as well, but I'm thinking the most improved. What really was I? most impressed by from the end of last season to the beginning of the fall season. And it, these two, I kept going back and forth and there's so many reasons, but it's, it's a tie between legends of tomorrow and Lucifer. Now I still think legends of tomorrow has a long way to go, but when in terms of just an up curve in improvement, these two, I felt did a huge upswing. Um, I mean, Legends of Tomorrow, I mean, Sarah alone, the White Canary, taking lead, 
you know, I mean that that in itself. But mm-hmm. you know, they they they've gotten a little bit you know more versatile with the characters. They got rid of Rip. Um, I mean, not rid of, rid of, but yeah, you know, not rid of, rid of. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know, the stuff with Stein, his this daughter suddenly coming into existence because of Flashpoint or whatnot, and you know, just all those things. They 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 had better character development. I mean, to me, they had an incomplete for the first season, and this was you know really good effort and. It paid off for them. They need to keep going, but it paid off in that huge curve up. With Lucifer, we we got away from the procedural stuff, not completely, but enough to where it wasn't dominating the the the, the season. Right. Um, Lucifer, the character himself, I mean, the development there, really the development of several of the characters, the revelation about Chloe, um, the mm-hmm. introduction of Trisha Helfer as as Lucifer's mom. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, this, of course, wasn't 2016, but the news about, you know, the casting of God coming. I mean, there's so many reasons, because Lucifer was one of those, while there were two or three episodes in the first season that I liked, and I generally liked the season overall it just really kind of fell flat and still seemed like it was looking for exactly what it wanted to be and from out of the gate this season it was exactly what it needs to be and it continues to just grow and develop and you know just when i look at both of those shows i just i i I kept going oh it's this one i'm gonna say this one and then finally i just said it's a tie these two were the most improved out of all of the shows in my opinion I think my second choice probably would have been Gotham, just because it seems to keep getting better, mm, especially after that first season. So, yeah. Okay, best main character male. I'll go first this time. Barry Allen. Enough said. Next. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? I have to go with you on that. <laughs> Grant, I had Grant Gustin in my list as well. Yeah, I'd put. I'd probably put Lucifer as my number two. But Barry Allen. That, that's funny because Lucifer was my pick. Um, and it was really, it was a close between him and Barry Allen. But I guess maybe because this category was right after the most improved and I had Lucifer really on the brain when I was making my picks. But I really, really enjoyed that character this season a lot. So, um, yeah, that's my pick. Best main character female? Uh, Kara Danvers, Supergirl. I just, I really think, I really enjoy the show. It's really improved in the second season, mm-hmm. except for the Jimmy Guardian stuff. I agree, uh, Kara This is my pick. Other than that, other than that, I have no, I mean, I really like her performance as Supergirl. She has like a kind of earnestness and just a very honest approach to the character, and I really appreciate that. Man, nah, Katie Lott, son. White Canary. Oh man, yeah, it'd definitely be my second pick. She can she on a show that I I don't even like. Right she can now, totally get it. I'll tell you that she totally like Darryl, Darryl, is the on. only thing that I like on that show just about right now. Huh? Let, me, let me let me speak to you as a judge to the jury. What? I need you to ignore the video evidence. I'm not looking at the video evidence, you, sir. You need you need to not have that in your mind when not you're about thinking that. about this. Okay, and you're still landing on. I White still think okay. that she is my favorite. I okay. think she. When you can, when you're, you're the, I think when you can, it's easy to be on a show that's already 
I think the best written show like Flash. You know, it's easy to be that or or Supergirl, I think is strong or strongly written than Legends. When a show is is weakly written, it like it just it's just not a very strong show uh in terms of the writing, but you but you uplift it anyway. You you're the you know that you kind of still make that show uh, you give me enough entertainment in the show that I just totally have not just written it off completely. I I have to give it to her. Like she's the the part of that show that really. Um, even Stein has gotten a little annoying with the you know with his storyline, but with her, she even when she annoys me when she tells the villain the entire plot of what's going to happen, um, it still didn't make me not like the show. you know it still didn't kill it for me in terms of her being on it she shines every time she's in a even when she even when she was in the crossover every scene she's in she shines i think like she's funny when she's when she should be funny she's uh when she when it's a serious moment and she gets emotional i think she does great with that and when she um when she has to play in a group i think she does a good job of playing in a group like she doesn't take it too serious and she seems to have fun and i think that that's how she is on set I don't think she's too serious, but she enjoys it. But she does a job, you know. She she goes in, she comes into work, and she respects the work. But I think she she has that nice playfulness that I that I enjoy. I wish she was like black canary and just didn't have to do all that white canary crap. Yeah, me she's too. Black canary. She's she's so she is awesome. I can't argue anything you said. Can't argue with any of that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, best supporting character, Rich. To you first, male. Uh, male. Well. Mm-hmm. This one, you know, and there's so many good choices. Uh, yeah, you, and, I mean, this was one of my hardest categories to really whittle down because there are so many good supporting characters. But yeah. yeah, both the male and female categories. This one probably took me the longest, these two. And the one I landed on for uh, male was, he's not in a lot of episodes of things, but I just really feel that when he's on screen man he just takes it over and that is uh, Jay Garrick. Oh, that's uh, my choice too. Movie. That's who I picked too. That's yeah, sweet. Yeah, John Wesley ship is Jake Garrick, just because, yeah, like you said, he's not on every episode, but when he is there, he has that impact. Absolutely. And he's excellent. Yeah, I, I, that's wild that we both picked the same one. I mean, yep. there were so many. I, I was going to choose Blaine from iZombie was one I thought of. and Yeah, um, he was on my list. Um, uh, so many. So many, yeah. there. Were, I mean, and, uh, you know, um, like you said, so many. Uh, you know, Superman. Would have been a good choice, you know, best supporting character. But, uh, yeah, I had Jay Garrick as well, so. Hmm. Cool. I said uh, my my pick was uh, David Ramsey, Diggle. Nice. Uh, Good choice. He's always been a strong, strong character. He's always been very supportive of of the other characters around him. And when it's time for him to do his thing, he does his thing. Yep. I still I still shout backpack baby every couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, you know what? Dean yeah. Stall needs to get on like a backpack baby comic strip he or does. something. Man. We should talk to him about that. That's, that's such a cool thing. But yeah, it's got to be him. He, and I like recently, like uh, the, over Thanksgiving, uh, uh, me and my uh, lady friend, we were you know just chilling and 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 watching tv and i noticed we'd like they had a thing a marathon of the first season of arrow and i he was good from the first season on like just 
watching him, there was no, uh, there just, he just had it. Like this is the way that he, you know, had to keep catching up to Oliver cause he kept dodging him all the time when, before he knew his secret, like that was still funny when he, <laughs> he kept jumping out of cars and windows and stuff and, and Diggle started catching him. Hey man, um, if you can wear that helmet and still be cool, I'm saying that's though, a cool dude. That is a cool dude. I'm yeah. saying though, but yeah, it's, it's definitely got to be sweet. Uh, be. Best supporting character, female. Rich, I already know you chose Felicity, so let's just move on to Daryl. Daryl's yeah, choice. Did not. I did <laughs> I'm not. Saying, right, Daryl, who did you didn't. choose? <laughs> uh, I I picked uh, Supergirl's sister. Uh, so did I. By, uh, so did I. We all did. Um, yep. I love. I I always loved her. Like even from my my uh, snuggy days of watching her on uh, Grey's Anatomy, I loved her back then too. But uh, in this, she is just amazing. I, I think. Totally agree. Um, she she can really she really plays that sister role very well, and uh, she could play emotion so well as then and and she. She is good. Like she, she is such a big sister. Like she's such a, like when she was going through her emotional moments where when she felt, felt really left out because she's given everything to her sister. And this has kind of been her season to break out, actually to come out actually too, yes, literally. to her family, <laughs> but it's her living. Like it's, she just has not lived at all. Like she had no, like, with all the baggage that her parents put on her, it's her parents' fault. They did that to her. Um, you know, always having her protect her sister. They never thought about what it would do to somebody, you know, to their development when they're always focused on someone else and trying to protect someone else. And it's really damaged her, her growth. And it's just so amazing. And it, people have been through this and she can really sell it. Like it, it's really amazing to watch her, uh, come into this role and play this character who is pretty much finding herself now after all these years, yeah. and and so many things are new to her. And she at really the same sold time, it too. she really yeah, sold, she that, sold kind it, of, that kind of sold thing it. in a big way. Yeah, yeah. And at this, you know, and it's just it just works so much on so many levels. Aside of it being a superhero show, right? It worked. If it was just a story of these two sisters, I would still enjoy her journey. Um, and and how she's dealing with her with her life, and she's hot. <laughs> she's she a very attractive young woman. I, yes, every way. Okay. Uh best villain, best villain, Rich. Um, this one was a little tough to figure out too, but uh, just for the way he's written, and just some of the sly, really cool things he's done this season and that is edward nigma the riddler from oh, gotham good. i yeah, just i just i mean everything you know uh the unraveling of 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 cobblepot you know from after he pulled the you know the whole switcheroo on what was going on and just everything he's done, even right up until, even though it's uh, I, this episode's in 2017, but even right up to this last episode, just some of the stuff with Nigma is just great. So, oh my goodness, Mr. Daryl, I would have to say the Mad Hatter from Gotham. Wow, 
Oh, that's a good choice, dude. Oh. He's creepy. He plays it. He plays it perfectly. He plays the creepy, scary, sadistic, you know, version of Mad Hatter. It, it is. It is like. I mean, in Gotham has had some freaky villains before, especially the clown. Hmm. Clowns are terrible, and they should be wiped out. But anyway, <laughs> but the Mad Hatter kind of, he really played it. Like, you know, all the horrible things he even did to his own sister. I mean, you just hate this guy. You you want him to be, yeah. you know, you want him, Gordon to take him out. Like, you just, he's so petty and, and broke and just so, you know, just... He's misogynistic. He's 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 just a psychopath. It, like it's every every crazy thing on the book. It's him. He, he fits that. Plus, so. he can make elaborate death traps in almost no time with yeah, no real sure resources yeah. at all. <laughs> like he writes it down and he has a bunch in a book and he just says, "All right, we're going to do this one this time." We're... That actor plays nuts, crazy. Yeah, yeah he, he plays it well. Awesome, man. Well, going back, looking at the year of DCTV, I'm going to give um, Best Villain to Eobard Thawne, and I'll tell you why. Okay. It was the one moment in the Flashpoint episode mm-hmm. where he makes Barry ask him to go back oh, and kill man. his own mom. Yeah. That stuck out in my mind as the most cold-blooded damn villain move of the year. So True. That's that's he gets my best villain just for that one moment, pretty much. I mean, he's done other dumb, you know, he's been doing other nasty stuff around the the DC uh, TV universe, mm. but that moment alone, that's that's what really sold it for me. Yeah, yeah. Most improved character. Huh. I have Sarah Lance. So do I. Because she really stepped up once they got rid oh, yeah. of uh, of Rip Hunter. She really became the lead of that show, and, and thank God, because somebody had to. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, and they, they kind of, with the exception of just a few things here and there in the first season, she was kind of a throwaway in a, a sense. She just was there. They weren't using was, her well. Yeah. Sure. And this season, it's been nothing but greatness with her. So, yeah. yeah. She's always great. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Uh, huh. Most improved. I, you know, I forgot to answer this one, so I have to do it on the fly. Uh, I think the most improved character would have to be... Uh, huh. It's you, oh, Daryl. You're, you're, you're the most improved. I, well, you know, I'm always improving. I think the most one, it would have to be um, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that's a good Young choice because we used that's to hate that pick. guy. We used to hate that kid. <laughs> he was a character that I was like, I was wishing that they would just take him off the board, have him go somewhere, travel the world, and not come back for like eight seasons. Yeah, we were all saying that. Yeah, yeah but he's become a lot better character. He's coming into he's coming into his own as Bruce Wayne. He's he's really uh, selling it now. He's 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 looking like a dude that I can I can see him. You know, eventually be the guy that donned the cow in this world. So, yeah, that's be him. Good pick. Sweet. Uh, trend we want to see in 2017. I got one. Go. Better writing. <laughs> across the board. I, I think that's, I want to see oh. better writing across the board. Like, it, Supergirl's gotten better, Arrow's gotten better. 
but that doesn't mean they, they don't have room for it to improve. Uh, right. Flash has some things that they need to work. You know, they're starting to get into some ruts that they need to uh, work out. <clears throat> Please knock off the time travel. <clears throat> yes, you're right. <laughs> and having the same Flash-powered, uh, you know, the same ones with speed, having more speedsters do this whole thing. Um, oh. But, yes, especially uh, uh, I would – Legends is – for me, Legends is most guilty of, of, of poor writing a lot of times. Um, I need them to write characters better. Like, I, I want all the shows to write relationships better. Um, yeah, I agree. And develop their characters more, you know, like, and have them deal with things a lot better. Uh, sometimes they just don't. They have characters do certain things, and you're like, what? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So, um, yeah, I definitely, definitely... Uh, want the, the writing to, to get even better for all the shows. Because the better the writing is, the stronger the, the, the shows are. And I want all the shows to be great. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. What about this you, is the This is the trend we want to see, right? That's the trend we yes. want to see. Want yeah, to see I writing. guess mine kind of falls right into what Daryl's saying. I just was a little more specific. I, I put Barry trusting his team and friends more, and most importantly, himself. More teamwork and crossover characters. Right. I want to see like a more connected universe. I think. I mean, yes. we saw we saw like with the big yeah. four way crossover mm-hmm. how that really works to its benefit. And I yeah. think you know you can have separate episodes. I think Arrow works best probably separate off to itself. But I could totally see, and I, I mean, we we we've already heard you know the musical episode or whatever. More more oh, crossover. With uh, you know Flash and Supergirl, Supergirl and Legends, you know I think I think those you know when you put Supergirl in in the uh, the Arrow you know show it really you know she's too overpowered I think but like mm-hmm. I, I just would like to see more connective tissue in this kind of DC TV universe that they're making and I'm with you that'd be awesome I totally agree with trend you we don't want to see in 2017. I said bad writing, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I said underdeveloped characters, bad writing, and and uh, plus it went nowhere. So yeah, I yeah. I said the one villain, big bad, every right. season. I don't, I don't need to see that anymore take, because it take just... a page out of Daredevil season two. You know, yes, yeah. break it up, have smaller arcs with with mm-hmm. different bads and different different stories. I think anyway. I think Arrow's been good with doing that, and yeah. I think that's why it's been a better season and improving because it hasn't been just one big bad in the shadow the entire show. Right, and he has to keep dealing with that one big bad. I don't want. I hate that. Like I, even out of the Marvel shows. Like, I think Luke Cage is an example of a show that suffers from that. Mm-hmm. The worst with the with the I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. That's the same problem that Legends had with um, Vandal Savage. Savage. Like, yeah. they just did over and over again. It's like, how many times can you watch them confront the same guy? Just keep him off the board until it's time to have the big confrontation, and then it's good. But just have other villains, man. They can, it's this world is. Like the, the comic book world is full of villains. <laughs> there, there yeah. are years and years of, of of villains all in these books that they have access to. So use them, use them, and enjoy it. You know, have fun with that, My, or even make up some if you want. I mean, not, not, yep. there's no law against it. Yeah. Make up some new ones. They already have with like Trajectory and some others. Yeah, yeah. So I'm all for it. Go for it, man. Do this. Yeah. 
mine falls kind of under the same thing of bad writing, but I mean it's it's specific again, and that is I wrote here. Are heroes not keeping secrets from strangers while keeping secrets from mm-hmm. each other? Mm-hmm. If one more damn person that they don't even barely wait, know wait, wait. You ready? Ready? walks into the arrow cave, mm-hmm. even, I mean, come No, 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 wait. But the, the flip side of that is, I can't trust you knowing you kept that secret from me. I can't trust you. I can't yeah. trust you. Until three episodes from now when I trust you again. You're right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, best moment. Alex Danvers coming out to to Kara. Mm. Hmm. Interesting choice. Yeah, it's a good good moment. I can't yeah, I can't fault that I think, at all. I think out of a whole year, out of all the episodes of all the shows, that that show gave me the most feels. So that was a good good. Oh, you so sensitive. Yeah. Oh, well, he's a sensitive man of the new millennium. Yeah, mine would be seeing all the superheroes together on screen, standing good. together. Like when it got to the Legends of the uh, the Legends of uh, Tomorrow's episode, the last part of the the crossover when they're on that roof together. I mean, that was this is what I've been waiting for. Like yep. I. I wanted to see this, like this big moment of all the heroes standing tall together as a group fighting. My moment you know, is like is my moment is two, like two minutes after that, mm-hmm. when they're all fighting the Dominators, and you see the Flash like zipping in between yes. as they as they have them all in kind of like stop motion digital camera and stuff. Oh, that you know, that moment was just like that was oh, like a comic man. book on the screen. You know, the other, it was just so awesome. The other moment that's almost up to this moment would be that it was a great moment was having Oliver and Barry at that bar. Yeah. Just yeah. having that talk with each other about, wow, it's been a, what a world, what, what a time we've had. Cause they basically, they built this thing up. I mean, they were the, you know, Ollie was first and then flash and they didn't know this thing would work. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, there were more, uh, executives telling them it wouldn't work. Nobody would watch it. Right. You know, I remember when were, Arrow was saying, no, no, we're not going to do any kind of superhero or metahuman yeah, type nope. stuff on our show. They were told. They were told. You couldn't yeah. even say metahuman on Arrow. Yep. They were told that. So you a different I, I, tune I, now. <laughs> yeah. That, I remember they were like, we had to keep it low. We had to, you know, like we had to sneak in things because they were just so adamant that, nope, there will be no, you know, don't even call him Green Arrow. You are to call him Arrow. Hmm. Or the arrow. Or the arrow. So, yeah. Best Easter egg. That I couldn't think of. Oh, this one's easy. Yeah, this is totally easy for me, too. The Hall of Justice. The Hall of Justice in the crossover, Uh, that Star Labs hangar. Plus, there were, like, Easter eggs inside that Easter egg. Like, they had, like, Project Number 52 in there. And, like, if you stop and look, there's, like, a lot of... Stuff. You know what? True that. I don't know where my brain was. I totally, totally. Now, I did pick a second one just because, even though it's not on the same level, it does not tie with that. But it, it, it was definitely one of my favorite Easter eggs. And that was the homage to Crisis Cover Number Seven mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in the second episode of this season of Supergirl. That when Superman's holding her like that, just I was like, oh, that's so awesome. So, but still, Hall of Justice, hands down. I also had a, a couple others that I, I wanted to mention uh, that kind of fit together. 
um, when Superman saves that family and they say we have to move back to Gotham. Mm-hmm. And then when Supergirl says, uh, I, rich guy, lots of issues, lots of gadgets, um, when they keep alluding, the way they keep alluding to Batman in the DC yeah. TV, uh, CW universe, you know, actually existing, but not really saying his name. I think that's a cool Easter egg they keep, they keep continuing with too. Like, oh yeah. yeah it goes do. back to like, you know, why didn't you just, uh, or when they end up calling Felicity Overwatch, you know, why, mm-hmm. why didn't you call her Oracle? It's like, oh, that name was taken, you know, stuff like that. Do you that. think they'll ever bring the bat? I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. know. I don't think I they don't have know. to really. They've got so much other stuff going on. And yeah. It's. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. It'd be a while. I don't. I don't. Yeah, things are changing so much over there still. Like it's. They're still bringing so Harley Quinn to Gotham, so. Yeah. Yeah, or a Harley it, Quinn. A Harley Quinn. Yeah, it's so touch and go. I don't know. Like, uh, exactly, is so fickle on stuff. It's like they don't. Right, like there's going to be that Black Lightning series, but like not affiliated mm-hmm. with the CW verse at all. It's like you want to redo this. You want to redo the problems you have with Arrow already, like but not connect it. Like why would you do that? It just didn't. Yeah. It's like on one hand, it's like yes, we finally get a DC TV show starring a black superhero. Like I'm happy about that, but then at the same time, why would you handicap that at all? Or I put it over like, Fox by itself. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. I mean, you only, I mean, you already, moved, you've moved Legends off that Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Put something with a little more, you know, I don't know. Do you not want it to work? It's almost <laughs> like it's like. Oh, if only we worked it. for the network, Daryl, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. but is, didn't they move it because isn't that where Riverdale's going? Yep. Uh, yep. Because that, yeah, that looks, just, why, and why why they're doing a Twin Peaks version of Riverdale, I know, I, of Archie, I can't tell you, but. Anyway. I'm going to check it out, but I'm not expecting anything good. Yeah, but, poor Donnie. Yeah. Donnie. Donnie Salvo is like an actual Archie fan. Yeah, he, I just, he, I just he, feel really Archie bad for stuff. him. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's just, I don't, like, you could fit it in. I don't, it doesn't have, like, there's, there's oh, I know. After Afterlife with Archie was cool, and you can do a lot of things to the character. It's fine. It could be really No, cool. I'm, I'm not talking about that. The hell with Archie. I don't give a okay. fuck about Archie. I'm talking about Black Lightning. I'm talking about Black <laughs> yeah. Lightning in there somewhere. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, you don't have yeah. to have it. In, in fact, I would. What I would have done is, why do you need to have? You can have a, a DC TV superhero show all year round. Why do you have to have it in this when there are all the other shows are going on? Yeah, summer replacement series, dude. People watch TV all year round. Yep. It's you are gear. In fact, with with the CW, we watch TV all year round because we get to watch it in different platforms. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you know that, if you know that we do this, we no one watches it live anymore. If you know this, put Black Lightning on in the summertime. Plus the creative team they have on that is just really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's just I, I really exactly and you could you could that. throw a flash cameo here or an arrow cameo there. Sure. Listen, they will do it if you if you ask them, they will because they want the network to work. They want the yeah. universe to work. Like, it's not a hard thing to do. It's like, I don't know. Sometimes they just tie their own hands for no reason. I think the next category, we're all going to have this, might have all have the same answer, but most tired trope. Well, for this one, I apologize in advance because, Jim, you're going to have to beep this because I'm right. I'm going to read what I wrote here, Jerry. and that is simply Barry f***ing timelines. <laughs> shock, shock. Hmm. Okay. Well, we don't have the right one, the same answer then. 
Shock jock. I'm Dar- just so tired Darryl? of that. Over yeah, I know, over. I know. I'm I'm over it too, man. I'm the time. I, I, they need to lay off the time travel. For yeah, a while. I said uh, fourth breakups. It just didn't make any. I'm tired of that. Like oh. they put them together and they do this. Oh, I can't be with you because I have to deal with life, and life is what life is. I have to go and, be the guardian, so I can't be with I, you. Right. I have to. I have to live my life. I don't. Have to, I can't live my life and date at the same time because it's not living my life. I can't live my life with you if I can't be right. of you and with you yeah. and be you. And I can't be you if we are with you and I um, of I you or trust you. Right. And Do you how understand? Many of us know, and, and we can almost we could almost write the thing ourselves when we know that Monel has a big secret. When he reveals his big secret, now that Supergirl kind of likes him, their little mini relationship is done. And then guess what? Jimmy? Jimmy. Ah, James, I think I do love you still. Mm -hmm. So let's get back together. Let's have our... Tired trope of CW-ness. Oh, my God. Jimmy can't get back together. They weren't even together long enough to They didn't even get together once. They didn't even kiss. And I could could see them get ready to to have that kiss. And then... Uh, something blows up or whatever and cliffhanger like I, I can almost write it myself i can see what they're gonna do they're gonna do that my most tired trope is uh big bad speedsters mm. on the flash i'm tired of the big bad speedster right give me somebody yeah, else give I, me the rogues give me the top give me you know bring back mirror master in the top and have them do something you know bring back you, the trickster anybody yeah. but a big bad speedster have you know Time Trapper, somebody other than a friggin' Speedster, okay? I'm sorry. Zoom was awesome. Savitar, okay, I'm with you on Savitar, I guess. But we need a different direction. We've seen it too much, you know. And the final one I have, oh, uh, Best Surprise. I didn't really have one. You didn't? Mine mine was they... I was really surprised, even though they told us beforehand, I was really surprised that they did not drag out Flashpoint, that it didn't just get lost in that. Even though we're still dealing with some stuff from it, just they didn't drag it out over so many episodes. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised because, I mean, to me, television writers nowadays, they get their hands on something like that. That's something they'll milk for half a season or more. So. Right. I guess my biggest. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna say ahead. my biggest surprise was seeing Dolph Lundgren pop up on Arrow. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And uh, that was uh, that was one. And um, also my, uh, I, I was very surprised at the uh, the future Barry uh, recordings being unraveled so soon again. You know, Rich, you you hit it on the head with the Flashpoint thing. It's something I thought they were gonna play out over a long, long time. And right. They end up kind of uh, doing that. Oh, and uh, Rich, because he's the kind of kid who sold the most band candy in high school, uh, had some had oh, some extra course. categories that he made. Okay, um, well, I, I had two extra categories. My okay, first. Well, one we can answer them two on the spot because Daryl and right. I are podcasting professionals. That's right, sir. Hit, so it. The first Hit it. One, Give me. Come the on. First one. I think we'll all probably come up with the same as best new character, and I came up with Kal-El, Clark Kent, Superman on Supergirl. Jim? I can't argue with that. Mm. 
I really thought he. I really liked his portrayal of Superman. Yeah, and I really was hesitant before we saw it, just from the the stills and whatnot. But right. Yeah, he turned. Yeah, out I thought. Great. Yeah, yeah. I, I give it to you. I thought it was better than I thought it would be. Yeah. And then the other category, and I think Jim may have already answered his, but best guest star last year, and me, it was Paul Rubens on Gotham. Ooh. Paul Rubens is awesome. I, it was it was cool to see him again this week too. In the right. yep. Yep. I'd say my favorite guest star is Mark Hamill on The Flash as uh, oh, Trickster. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, that was a funny little thing though. He's he's pretty awesome. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He is. I go with that. I agree. Okay, we also had some of our listeners chime in with their lists. I'm gonna run them real quick right now. Uh, Joseph Gaines. Best DC TV show, iZombie. Good choice. Okay. Uh, uh, most improved DV, DC TV show, Arrow, as we said. Uh, best main character, male, Barry Allen. Best main character, female, Kara Danvers. Mm-hmm. Best supporting character, male, Cisco. Cisco Ramon. Hey, that's a good choice. No, no, no dispute in that either. No, no. Again, that was a really hard category to whittle down because there's so many yeah. good ones. Uh, best supporting character, female, Alex Danvers. Best villain, Blaine from iZombie. Totally. I love that character. Yeah. Um, um, uh, Badno is probably my favorite character on that show, but Blaine is probably my second. Mm -hmm. Uh, Badno is just great, though. My favorite TV cop. (laughs) Um, Most improved character, Wally West on The Flash. Okay, I can see that. A trend we want to see in 2017. Fallout of Flashpoint on other DC TV shows. Hmm. We've seen that a little bit, like with uh, Diggle's backpack baby. Well, and Stein's daughter, and right, backpack baby. Backpack, <laughs> Trend we don't want to see in 2017: friends keeping secrets from the group. Yes. Yeah, I can't yep. trust you because you kept that secret from me for two episodes. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Secrets. Best moment, Supergirl defeating the Super Friends in training. That was pretty great. <laughs> that was funny. That, that was, was pretty great. That was good. Uh, best Easter egg, Hall of Justice. Most tired trope, Speedster being the big blad on Flash. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right, Joseph. And best surprise, Dolph Lundgren on Arrow. Wow. That's two of the same. Uh, great. Yeah. Uh, Adam Fatah, uh, contributor to uh, Nothing's On emails. Mr. Fatah. Um, best TV show, a DC TV show, The Flash. Most improved show, Supergirl. Best main character, male, Oliver Queen. Best main character, female, Liv Moore. Uh, best supporting male, Cisco Ramon. Best supporting female, Caitlin Snow. I'm sensing a Flash fan here. I think we uh, are. <laughs> best villain, Oliver Queen. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. I see what you did there, Adam. That's very, very clever. Most improved character, Sarah Lance. Hey. Trend I want to see better writing on all DC TV shows. Yes. Yes, you're with Daryl on that one. Most uh-huh. tired trope is all the pep talks to motivate characters to do the right thing. Yes. <laughs> oh, good one, Adam. Excellent. Very uh, John Davis also wrote in with this. Best show, The Flash. Most improved, Gotham. Best main male, uh, Barry Allen, best main female, Supergirl, best supporting actor, Joe Male, Joe West, uh, Jesse Martin, definitely, as you yes. were saying before, Daryl. Yeah. 
Best Supporting uh, Female, Cat Grant, because her presence is missed this season. No reason to have scenes at CatCo now. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah, kind yeah, of true. Because she's not yeah, there, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Best Villain, Penguin. Good choice. Yeah, I can't uh, either. Most okay. Improved Character, Cat Grant, improved over the course of Season 1. I'm sensing a Cat Grant fan here. I got two. Um, and yeah, trend we want to see in 2017. More non-event crossovers along with the big one. Totally agree. A trend we don't want to see more of in 2017. Barry doing stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, best, best moment, the look on Kara's face when Barry got her the ice cream and the look of joy. <laughs> she ate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Best Easter egg, mm, ice cream. Oh, sorry, got distracted. Hall of Justice, duh. <laughs> Most tired trope, speedster big bads on Flash. Okay, you hear us, Berlanti? We're standing tall now on this. And biggest surprise, how consistently good Gotham has been. After that first season, definitely so, John. Thanks a lot, guys, for writing in with your, your choices. It was, it was awesome. Speaking of Gotham... Let me take a swig of beverage, and we will dive right into the latest episode. Dun, dun, dun. Titled okay. Ghosts. Um, again, uh, the two... Um, this episode, as I said, we, only, we have two episodes of DCTV this week. We have Gotham, and we have Lucifer. We both returned. Uh, we'll start with Gotham. The episode is called Ghosts. I said appropriate. Yeah, no doubt. In, yes. in a lot of ways. Uh, it starts off with the funeral of Mario uh, Falcone, a.k.a. Mario Calvi. We see Falcone's dad there. We see Lee there looking very much like the mafia wife. Mm-hmm. And um, all of a sudden, off in, the di- off, you know, off in another part of the uh, uh, cemetery far enough away that they're going to, you know, no one will notice them, but that they can see are Jim Gordon and Bullock. It's like Jim can't help but spy on the ceremony, kind of. Uh, it turns yeah. out... Uh, he got, you know, the the uh, him shooting Mario was a legit kill, as they called in the episode, because right. Mario had tested positive for the touch virus. Surprised me, because I thought we'd have to go through this whole nonsense of... Yeah, so, uh, yeah I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, with the knife and, and you mm-hmm. know, bridging the river, and they would drag that out for whatever. Um, so Jim's not going to be arrested or anything for, for shooting Mario, because it was a legit Thanks, kill. Man. Yeah, he already went to prison once last season. So. We did that. <laughs> we already yeah. did that. Um, but Lee does, uh, have, uh, Carmine's loyalty and Carmine doesn't forgive as easily as the law, you know? In fact, there's a, there's a, my, one of my favorite scenes in this episode is when Gordon goes home, uh, after, you know, the cemetery scene, he sees Victor's ass, uh, helping himself to some milk in his fridge. Yeah. <laughs> and Victor's all like, yeah, I'm waiting for the kill order to come down on you anytime, but you know. It's been real, and, you know, I've, I've enjoyed this, but, you know, he's going to order your death, and I'm going to have to kill you, and you won't see me coming, and you won't feel a thing. I appreciate it. It's not personal. Mm-hmm. You know? No, no, not personal. Just professional. You we know? had a good run. You had a good run. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it just was a really, really cool, like, conciliatory tone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, after that, Gordon goes to the uh, back to uh, uh, GCPD, and there is a woman in the morgue who was dead, and then alive again in some way, and then found dead again in a different place. And in the interim, someone had run like 10,000 volts of electric current through her. Um, Lucius uh, shows him on the body with the burns from the electricity, and the the woman uh, 
know, mysteriously, you know, like got up, walked out of the morgue, I guess, and they oh, found her on some train tracks. So that happens all the time. All the time in Gotham. Oh yeah, sure. That's, That's a, Tuesday. Well, this mm-hmm. is you know, Harvey does say, you know, doesn't anybody die in Gotham anymore? <laughs> no. Um, I you know I appreciated them kind of acknowledging that too in there with that line. Oh, I know everybody who's been dead has been back. I mean. Mm-hmm. Fish Mooney on down. And where is Fish Mooney and her X-Men, anyway? I don't know. haven't seen them in a while. <laughs> They'll come back when we don't want them to. Uh, Jim and Harvey go down to the morgue. They find, uh, you know, they, they talk to the guy who's the night manager there, and he happens to have, a, like, a button of Jerome on his messenger bag. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. No, not suspicious at all, not me. No. So they follow the dude, and it turns out he's, like, the leader of a pep rally for Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a goth. It was like a goth techno party for Jerome. It was like I was these... waiting for the DJ to come out and just start playing. Yeah, right. yeah. It kind of it reminded me kind of the Joker's almost on like Batman mm-hmm. Beyond, where they just like had like different variations of of makeup and stuff. And some yep. some women were dressed like Harlequin. It seemed like, and there was just like this group of like fifty or sixty people, and they all watched this movie that um, the the coroner. Uh, the morgue night managers put together about his favorite dude, Jerome Faleska, uh, AKA the, you know, the Gotham's version of the Joker. And, um, they start to put two and two together and realize that this guy wants to recreate what Hugo Strange did in Indian Hill and bring back Jerome. Cause he's got uh, this cult status now, you know, right. Um, yep. Jim and Harvey decided to break up the meeting in the dumbest way possible. I, I, yeah. I, I was just like, what the hell? There are only two I, of I, you. I, and there's like exactly. 70 dudes. Even do it, like just backup? let it go. All right, we'll call for backup. We got about seventy crazy people here. You know, get I mean, the, get the van. I mean, get the get the the wagons to to come and take them. Like, why does he always do stuff? Like I know that? he just like puts up his bags like Gotham PD. This party's yeah. over. I'm just like, like you dumbass. <laughs> don't you know that you're the last people they care about is in the room? Right. So since he has such good strategy, he ends up under mm-hmm. under a fire by two of the aspiring maniacs, and then also Zaz has decided to join the party because of course because the uh, the thing is worked out or whatever. Uh, yeah, we, the, order. We, the the order has come down it's from tough. Carmine. Um, Jim escapes, but it's just temporarily. Carmine lifted the truce uh, on Lee's orders. Lee is the one who seems like she wants. Jim dead even more than Carmine because Carmine even tells her you know Jim Gordon is like a son to me as well but you know he was my blood son he killed him so you know and there's a scene with Lee saying about how much she hates him you mm-hmm. know God, it was all fakey fake it was not you know that it was all bull crap yeah it's just like it was almost like she's trying to convince herself you know mm-hmm. totally. so she's like t- telling Car- uh, Carmine that you know uh, you know, Mario had the touch virus, but, like, he could have survived. I mean, look at what happened to Barnes. You know, Barnes has lived with it, right? So yeah, she goes, good. Yeah, so if he lived with it, why why can't, uh, you know, why can't, uh, you know, why couldn't have Mario, you know? When she uh, visits Barnes, man, that whole exchange was The scene is awesome, yeah. It kind of yeah. reminds me of, like, Rorschach in prison in, in Watchmen, mm-hmm. you know? Right, yeah. Um, Barnes starts out very normal, and it's like, oh, of course, you know, I'm fine. I'm never better. I feel stronger every day, blah, blah, blah. And then slowly, uh, you know, his his speech gets a little more crazy and a little more crazy. And then she, like, uh, just kind of, he just kind of, like, you know, oh, we'll feel my wrath and punishment, my judgment, you know. This virus isn't. Yeah. This virus isn't a disease. It's an antidote, you know. 
Um, so Lee realizes that, you know, she wouldn't have wanted to see Mario like that, even if she can't admit it. And she calls mm-hmm. off the head. She never hated Jim Gordon. Obviously, no. just like you said, oh. fakey, fakey. Fakey, fakey. Fakey McFakerson and the fake. The other storyline, or the other two storylines, um, we have the uh, the Revenge of Edward Nigma beginning uh, against Mr. Oswald Cobblepot. Uh, they're gaslighting the hell out of Cobblepot. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, with the help oh, yeah. of Tabitha and Barbara, Nigma gets a, a shapes- the, the shapeshifter from Indian Hill, the one who is like uh, kind of like Clayface, the one who took Gordon's face, remember? Mm-hmm. The season yep. finale. To, nice. imper- to impersonate Oswald Cobblepot's deceased dad. Right. And he plays his ghost, and uh, Oswald, he comes to Oswald while he's sleeping, and he breaks the uh, the, the framed uh, certificate of sanity that he got, falls and shatters, and his mayor's mansion becomes a haunted house. Um, somebody digs up his dad's body, his father's spirit pleads with him to put put him back to rest again, and he's saying, you know, don't trust the birthday boy, the birthday boy, and following like this like trail that ed pretty much just leads him by the nose with um he goes into tarkin uh his like uh his ed's second in command like the the assistant chief of staff goes into his office and finds his dad's corpse in tarkin's office tarkin is being set up and has no idea what's going on and cobblepot beats the crap out of him with a paperweight or something just like a couple of blunt head blows you know um Right in the office. That was the part that was really weird. It was like, at least shut the damn door. You know? <laughs> like, he pulls out his own father's desiccated corpse in a duffel bag, right? The door of his office is open. He comes in, you know, the assistant uh, chief of staff comes in. He beats him to death. And, like, he still leaves the door open. I'm like, what? What are you doing? But anyway, uh, oh, it's not a paperweight, it's a golf trophy. I'm sorry, I just found out here in the recap. So after he he kills his assistant chief of staff, he goes off to do this interview with uh, Margaret Hurst, who's like this national broadcaster or whatever, and she said she won't be holding back. And Oswald crashes and burns in the interview, big time, because of Ed, you know, messing with his head. Does not go well for Oswald. The final plot line in this episode deals with Selena and her mom. Uh, kind of all the feels in this episode, in this storyline. Um, at first, Selena is like, you know, pushes her mom away. It's like, you left when I was five. Why do I want to see you now? You know, get the hell out of my life. Selena's mom, you know, ends up taking a box to Bruce and saying, you know, can you give this to Selena because she won't take it from me? But Bruce intercedes and urges, you know, Selena to give her mom another chance. And Selena opens the box and it's like her little baby booty and a picture of her as a five year old and all the stuff that her mom had kept. The whole time, and Bruce says this line, you know, take it from someone who misses his family very much, you know. Right. That, that he played was... the dead parents card. Right, the dead parent Guilted card. Her. Mm-hmm. Guilted her right into it. At least you have your parents. So Mar- Maria comes over to Wayne uh, Manor for family dinner, kind of flirts with Alfred by picking his pocket. They take Maria back to her hotel, and she's greeted by a kicked-in door and a man pointing a gun, demanding the money she owns. Maria characterizes this guy as a man from her past, but it all feels like very present. He, this guy is like, you know, he's, he says he's going to pay Bruce a visit, and Maria's like, we should warn your friends. Right. I did uh, one one line I forgot to mention before when Zaz, you know, is in, in Gordon's apartment. He's like, also, nice shot on Mario. Never liked him. Yeah, well, I didn't like fun. him either. I agree with him. I didn't like him either. Yeah. So Gotham ghosts. 
episode 12 so far just i mean the mother thing was the only thing that was like you you pretty much knew like there was some secret like when they were having that nice little dinner it was like i was just waiting for the yeah i was just waiting for the shoe to drop and it's like and then with selena it's like why would you tell the dude that has a gun on your mom that you're the daughter because what do you do when you have the daughter you you you, you could have used her as what could have wound up happening is he could have taken her as collateral to get her mother to do something like you don't tell him that like that right. for someone living on the streets and the smartest she is she would have yelled at bruce for doing something dumb like that like that was just so right stupid mom like why <laughs> she's trying to like this is not her friend okay this is somebody holding a gun on her this is not her homie and she's like mom so what do you get the episode I I give it a B. They didn't do the the. I'm glad they didn't repeat the same shit of having Gordon be declared, you know, criminal, and you know we had to go through a whole thing of him trying to prove his innocence. I'm glad we got past that. Right. And it, and they pretty much dealt with it in the episode in this episode, like which I like as well. Like they didn't try to drag it out because this could have went. This could have been a multiple episode. Yep, sure could. Of dealing with this, and I'm glad that they did. Uh, I I like uh, I like Alfred's chemistry with Selena's mom, man. Yeah, that that could turn into something, maybe. That if was she cool. Doesn't get dead. If she doesn't get dead. <laughs> dealing with these people, but uh, yeah, I did, I like that, and uh, the whole thing of of them driving Penguin crazy. You, it's it's fun to watch because he deserves it. He, did a terrible thing. Yeah, I really enjoyed that part probably the most out of all the storylines. Just the, yeah. guy, the gaslighting of Penguin, like taking him down, and, and it just... totally, totally has it coming. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely for sure. Totally does. Well, I give this episode a B. I th- again, you know, I thought it was I thought it was decent. It wasn't wasn't like a you know, knock my socks off episode, but it did have some cool story beats and uh, some good some good dialogue here and there and. You know, I, I like this. Like I said, I like the stuff with Zaz. I like the stuff with uh, the what they're doing to Penguin. Um, you know, Enigma. You know, I don't want to just kill him. I want to destroy him. Mm-hmm. It, it was a, it was solid. It wasn't a solid, but uh, I like. I really like the Enigma storylines. The stuff with um, uh, Gordon and and Lee and all that. I mean, it was okay. I liked the Zaz stuff, but overall, I mean, it was just a. It was a good episode. B plus. Lucifer, uh, season two, episode eleven. Stewardess interrupt us. I we've love all, that title. We've all been there. <laughs> so this uh, is the middle of their moment that they were having at the end of the last episode. We saw they were having burgers or whatnot, and about to have a moment when all of a sudden a stewardess walks in. Jana, I think her name is right. And she's ready to go. She's uh, ready to roll with Lucifer, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Chloe's a little off put by that and splits. Um, (sighs) Nonsense. That was another one of those tropes. Stick around. (laughs) But that was totally another one of those tropes of, uh, I have to, you know, I have to overreact and, and go away. Right. And I mean, Lady was nice. She invited her to stay. But she was totally, I mean, he was totally surprised and she knew how he was. Like, it was no, it wasn't like he, um, you know, 
did anything. And, and, and it's funny because it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. We're not even, how you get mad at me and we're not even together? I, that's not cheating. We're not even together, even if I did have sex with this woman. Right. Like, you're the one all of a sudden coming out and saying that you have feelings for me, right? Right. Like, I'm not the, you You said I, we friend zoned, so I friend zoned. Like, it, and now you're mad because uh, somebody stopped by who's hot. Like, I never hid my uh, right. it's not, my yeah, life from you. That's true. I've well, been honest. Yeah, yeah I, mean, was, I mean, it's not like he's the Pope or something. You know, right. I mean, it's, he's Lucifer. Yeah. He's Lucifer, I'm saying. <laughs> and this I'm is like, what he's been doing since the first episode of the first season. Yeah, he never lied to her, actually, really. She hadn't caught him in a lie. In fact, she lied to him, or if anything, before. Uh, Lucifer, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Lucifer tells uh, Jana that, you know, no dice, but the next day Jana is dead. And then after that, another of Lucifer's past lovers, Raj, is killed. So then, you know, Chloe sees a pattern and then suggests they interview all of Lucifer's recent lovers. <laughs> <laughs> I, what she said, I'm like, man, can he even remember? Can you imagine just starting to, like, see someone romantically and then meeting all the people they've slept with. Right. <laughs> I mean, I know it's Lucifer and stuff, but still, you know, the, uh, every one of them is hilarious because a, they're, uh, they have tales of unprecedented satisfaction <laughs> and they, they all, they go into detail about how, how it happens. And then Chloe blushes and then Dan is impressed. <laughs> Um, but Lucifer's trying to play it off because he's still, you know, into Chloe. He's like, oh, it's just right. sex. It was just sex, you know. But like, uh, it, it, it was. He's got to prove himself to her. It was continually funny through the whole time. Um, as they investigate the case, they use Maze as a sexy stewardess undercover, which uh, I appreciated quite a bit. To draw out the drug dealer who's using Jana as a mule. Um, Chloe gets some advice from Charlotte, who, and Charlotte's trying to get Lucifer and her together. Evidently, this is working toward her plan of getting back to heaven or whatever. Somehow, her we, we found out Chloe was like a miracle baby that Amendiel had delivered uh, unto, you know, a woman. She wasn't, you know, born in a regular sense. So, for uh, Amendiel and Charlotte now are trying to work to get the Lucifer and Chloe together for some reason, and it works into. We haven't, they haven't really explained how, but Charlotte seems it's going to work into getting back into heaven, back where they want, you know, they want to be. So, well, it would bring about the end times, right? I think, I think so. I think that's like they haven't because really been. If oh. if the two of them have a child, I mean, that's basically going to be the Antichrist, and then that brings about the end times. And once the end times are about. All that's left is, according to the lore, is the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. So that's that's what I've been taken from this was their plan. Or it could be, end up like the baby on uh, um, Preacher, <laughs> when the devil yeah. and the angel had sex in uh, Genesis, yeah. you know. Um, we get a, a cool scene with Maze, uh, trying to get a consult from Dr. Linda um, during lunch. <laughs> um Dr. Linda tells Maze the self-worth comes from within, and then Maze has to declare herself awesome. I just wanted to say, Maze, if you need someone to declare you awesome, I'm here for you. 
Right. I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm suddenly regretting I didn't think of her but with best female support. Yeah, definitely. She was like definitely on my short list. Yeah. Um, during the sting operation, uh, where she's the sexy stewardess, um, Maze blurts out that uh, Dan betted Charlotte. And Chloe, the look on Lucifer's and Chloe's face is pretty awesome. <laughs> Doesn't just blurt it out. Purposely yeah, blurts well, it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactamundo. Exactamundo. Um, and... You know, Lucy, and at the end, well, the end, there's like two ending scenes. Lucifer tells Chloe that um, he's not gonna like trying to, you know, seek any more moments for them, kind of, because he he you know, he says that, you know you deserve someone better because you are selfless. You're not you're special, and I'm not worth it. And then Chloe says, "Yeah, you're probably right." And then finally kisses him, the kiss that they like missed, you know, out on in the be- in the uh, beginning. So. Yep. I'm glad I'm glad they did that because that's such a trope of like you know they're about to kiss they're about to kiss I was like right. oh, what is this moon oh, what is this moonlighting <laughs> it is annoying right it is like oh come on already yeah and then I'm so I'm glad they did that at the end um, oh, there's yeah. also a scene at the end here there's this like uh, uh, package or with vials of something inside of it, and, and uh, Douchey Andy was fretting he got some of it on him and wasn't feeling too good. And there was a man in a hat with a trench coat, and he proceeds to choke Andy to death and walk away with the vials. It's Lucifer's blood. Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. So, that was, that was also at the end of this episode. So... I would have to give it. Uh, I would say B minus, a B minus. I would like I didn't. I I when it's all Lucifer, I I enjoy those episodes. It's it's something how um pretty progressive too. I mean, I like to throw like the way they threw in without making a big deal out of it where he's bisexual wasn't even thing wasn't even a, yeah. it was just even his reaction was yeah and like yeah exactly well <laughs> he's lucifer like, hello exactly i like pleasure i mean that's his thing i like pleasure i mean it's that's it's just lucifer it's he doesn't care about any other stuff He's unapologetic um, about it. He's unapologetic about it. Nothing to be, nothing to be sorry for. So I, I like how they did that. I like how they, it was, it was handled in a mature way. I mean, I like how they um, move past, move forward with this thing with uh, this relationship thing with her. Um, and I love, I Maze is great. I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of fun you can have with her when she's in a. Yeah. You give her a side story to do, and of course, this is no. <laughs> no surprise that it was funny. You know, the, the funny scenes came from her. Um, yeah. And it worked. I mean, it was a cool, you know, throw in the murder thing and, and still the mother's plotting. I don't even know where she's going with this. It's like, it's, right. okay, she doesn't want to kill her now, but how is she going to get God to come to, to, deep, to come back down to talk to her? Like, I don't know how. If they, so she, if they to think stop if, the end times. So if they get together, that's supposed to start it off, right? That, that starts the end time yeah. if they get together to have sex or something? Well, you have to have 
you have to have the Antichrist, and I mean, based on lore, I mean, it's it's a, I, I mean, there are different versions of it, but basically, uh, the devil and another divine being of some kind, which apparently she is, because mm-hmm. she was, you know, created for the purpose of giving her parents a child or whatever. Right. So. All right. It's it's to me, it's it's all part of this whole divine thing and you know they start messing with that it's going to get god's attention i just don't think and maybe i watch too much supernatural but i just don't think that god's going to deal with it himself he'll just send a host of archangels down and <laughs> be like drag her ass back to hell hmm. it will but be I don't interesting know. to see how it played yeah. out considering that we uh we found out this week they asked her to cast someone in the role yes. of God yes, they did. <laughs> on Lucifer. Yes, they did. Um, so yeah, my I give Lucifer a B. It was it was uh, the it was hilarious seeing you know uh, Chloe and him you know talk to yeah. all of his old uh, lovers and stuff. As you said, Maze is always a standout. It's a good solid episode. You know, not not a not you know blockbuster, but not bad at any, by any stretch. Yeah, I'm with you on the B. That's that's my letter grade is a B. But if what? I if I were to just give a letter grade to Maze's arc in the episode, that's an A because that was awesome, hands down. Okay, well let's uh, let's hit some news real quick. We had a lot of news going on while we were gone. Nope. Uh, the first thing I want to first one I wanted to uh, t- uh, touch on. Dwayne The Rock Johnson evidently had some talks with Jeff Johns and DC, and the rumor that spun out of that that I've read recently is that there are going to be two, not one, but two Shazam movies. There's going to be one called Shazam, and then one called Black Adam, that he's going to be starring in, all yep. on his own, so... It's gonna be interesting to see if you know if and when mm-hmm. that comes. They've been talking about that for a long time though, so until they actually start shooting it, I agree. I'm, I'm gonna sit on that with a grain of salt. We've been getting a lot of previews for the Lego Batman movie. Yes, uh, I know. I, I mean, I'm excited, but I know it doesn't even pale in comparison to the excitement Daryl has over this film. He'd only be more excited if there were Muppets in it. <laughs> Uh, we got a shout out this week about the new Green Lantern Corps movie that they're working on. It's being written right now. It is quote "Lethal Weapon in Space" unquote. I yeah. love it. I'm I assuming. Love it. I'm assuming it's John and John Stewart and Hal Jordan. So it's a lethal but, weapon, right? But is John Stewart the old mentor black guy and and Hal's? Rigged? Unless they're rewriting it and changing well, it, I, I mean, could, they could well, do that. think about it. Hal Jordan is the hotshot uh, test pilot who is always living on the edge and kind of you know risking his life. Right. John Stewart yeah. is a marine and an architect, right. very structured thought, you know, thinking or whatever. So it wouldn't have to necessarily be old and young, but it could definitely be like hothead and coolhead, you know, cool thunder. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would work really well. That kind I don't of know. I'm out. just excited about it. And what excites me more than the lethal weapon part of that sentence is the in space, because that is the one thing. Well, not yeah. the one thing, but the main thing that the Green Lantern movie lacked was they weren't in space in space. I right. mean, they had like what so, 20 minutes on Oa and that was it. Yeah. So yeah. I, just the fact that they're going to approach it from that standpoint tells me that they're going to get it right or that they're looking to get it right and they're on the right path. Of course, with Jeff Johns, 
Well, Jeff Johns is directing is uh, is you know creative directing the script. The, here's the here's what's slightly worrying. David S. Goyer is on the script with Justin Rhodes. So yeah, he's not the best. Of Goyer on his own is not really. I mean, you know, he did work on the Dark Knight movies, but that was with Christopher and Jonathan Nolan. Mm-hmm. And then on his own, he wrote like Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, the David Hasselhoff version. So and he did didn't he do uh, so it's been a, a wide a wide wide range. Blade he did, did he do Blade, Blade. One and two? He, yes he he, he he wrote the he, he wrote, wrote oh I'm sorry I know he wrote the first Blade I don't he know. also wrote the third Blade third Blade yeah but he well, directed the third yeah and he directed the third one as well that that probably was when it went really yeah. well. Yeah, but it wasn't all his fault either, the third one. I mean, if you've oh. heard the stories and read the stories of Snipes on that set. Mm-hmm. It just yeah, seems so. it just seems that like, you know, he, he um I don't know. He he can be very good, but he can also be very bad, you know. Yes. That is well, true. Well he's definitely in Warner Brothers and DC's goat you know, go-to list of people. Oh, yeah, totally. That's, that's true. He's connected, you know, with all the Dark Knight stuff, like you said, so two, I don't know. Two different characters from the past are coming back on The Flash in Season 3. First of all, Eddie Thawne is going to be coming back, according to uh, sources. Uh, now, not, that's got to be a result of, of yeah, Flashpoint. Or, or it could be just be a flashback. Yeah, it could be. Or, uh, you know, they could go back in time or whatever, because another character that's going to be coming back is Ronnie Raymond, uh, played mm-hmm. by Robbie M.L. They announced that as well. That'll be returning yeah. in season three. So, interesting. Um, we don't know yet what changes were made. That's true. Um, we have on the DCTV podcast Facebook group clips and previews of all the CW TV shows going up. And pictures of the resur- of resurrected Jerome in a new Gotham <laughs> promo, yeah, uh, looking yeah. like uh, a cross between Frankenstein and the jo- and maybe more well, like the Joker without his face or whatever. Right. Um, we also have a Harley Quinn uh, version of Harley Quinn that's going to be popping up with Jerome. So they're going to be they're doing the Joker without actually doing the Joker. You know exactly. I mean? Which exactly. which is totally fine. Um, yeah. Kevin Smith is returning to um, uh, direct another episode of Supergirl in season two. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, Miguel Ferrer, who's been in a ton of movies. Uh, he was in, uh, also in Twin Peaks. He was in RoboCop. He did the voice of Deathstroke in the upcoming Judas Contract uh, animated uh, feature. Uh, passed away at 61. Also a big fan and friend to comics. A uh, big uh, uh, comics fan. So much so that Peter David named uh, Spider-Man 2099 after him. Miguel O'Hara was named after Miguel Ferrer. He's... Yep. Uh, he's a he's a you know a big uh, a great actor and like I said a friend of comics, a uh, big comic fan as well. Speaking of which, the we're getting our first look at the long-awaited Teen Titans Judas Contract animated film, which yes. won't won't have Cyborg in it. It'll have the Blue Beetle instead. The Jamie Reyes uh, Blue Beetle, uh, Beast Boy, Starfire, Nightwing, and of course Terra and Deathstroke. And Deathstroke. Um, I, I mentioned on the DCTV podcast Facebook group, when I interviewed Bruce Tim back in New York Comic Con in 2008, uh, he was talking about this, uh, doing, you know, this being on the slate. So it's amazing that it finally, you know, got together like nine years later or whatever. So, um, well, too bad for Art Gunn since he could do Deathstroke, but yeah. 
Uh, we also got a, more clips from Justice League Dark, the new, the next animated feature we're going to be getting. Uh, one with Etrigan. We also got a, a really cool one with Satana and uh, and uh, uh, Constantine. Um, we got release dates and a director set for the Flash Supergirl musical. I will leave you. I would direct you to the DCTV podcast Facebook group for that because I don't want to get Daryl mad by talking about the musical <laughs> episode. Uh, Timothy Albinson has been cast as God on Lucifer. Uh, he was on Psych. Uh, he's done a bunch of other character work. You, you definitely know the face if you don't know the name. Um, and we got some really cool pictures this week of a lot of our, our CW actors and actresses out at the Women's March in uh, L.A. and also in Washington, D.C. Those are also up on the DC TV Podcast Facebook group, so check that out as well. Ugh. So, gentlemen, thank you for joining me tonight to talk about some geeky TV. If you want to check out more geeky podcasts, first of all, head over to the TaylorNetworkPodcast.com. Headed by my colleague and friend, Mr. Daryl Taylor, who has been your co-host tonight on this show. Uh, so many gr- huge podcasts over there. There's um, Forced Conversations, I think, is the latest one, right? The Star Wars podcast that you just added. Yes, There's Forced Conversations. Go Trek Yourself with you and J.K. Woodward. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, um, uh, of course, No Apologies. Uh, Nothing's On, the show that Daryl and I and Donnie Salvo do uh, about TV and movies. Uh, all kinds of great geeky podcasts headed out over there, and and more to come. More interesting podcasts, of course, to come. Check it out, TaylorNetworkPodcast.com. And if you still have room on your listening device for more geeky podcasting goodness, then by all means, hit HHWLOD.com. That's where this podcast originated from. It's also where you can find the Walking Dead TV podcast that I'm also on with, oddly enough, Chub Toad and Daryl. Uh, what a coincidence. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be t- doing an episode pretty soon about our five favorite episodes of The Walking Dead so far. And it's been a really tough process trying to winnow that down to just Very five episodes. Tough. from like you know, so just, If you haven't started yet. From all these, yeah, from all these seasons, just to break it down to five. It was easy for me. Not easy, but it was, it was, it was more manageable to break it down to ten. But to get it down to five was really tough. Uh, so if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, listen to that show. Also, It's All Connected is, is uh, housed there. That's the Marvel television podcast hosted by Russ. Um, sometimes uh, Johnny M is on it. Sometimes Brad Milo is on it. Check it out over there. They cover Marvel television the way we cover DC TV and, uh, all kind of, and uh, other podcasts going on over there at HHWLOD.com. So until next week, when we cover more DC TV, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me tonight. Hopefully we'll be uh, rejoined by uh, the wonderful and talented Jerry Atkinson next week. And until that time, we are ghosts. Thank you. Good night. Devastation at last, finally we meet. After all of these years out here on the street, I had a feeling you would make yourself known. You came along just to claim your place on the throne Now I've been overthrown, overthrown And I thought if I took the right lines But these mocking words won't let me shine Heart and swallowed my pride. 
I'm overwhelmed. 